G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. Well, a big challenge is on. A challenge to change the narrative about sexual orientation because the current narrative, it appears to be, in the decision-making corridors of power is that sexual orientation is fixed. A guest today, Dr. Con Cafetaris. He's a medical doctor and political activist and a concerned parent working in the area of religious freedom and sexual ethics. He worked with the organisation Free to Change and was co-author of their research report just a few years ago that exposed the large number of people who were changing their sexual orientation and moving out of an unwanted same-sex attraction. Dr. Con Cafetaris, a special welcome along to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thank you for, uh, thanks for having me and uh, pleasure to be here. Con, at this stage, uh, feelings are all important with whoever talks about these issues, aren't they? Well, that's what people would like to believe, but I humbly submit that uh, I think we should be basing our major decisions and our, and our laws uh, on facts rather than feelings. Feelings you know, uh, come and go, feelings change. I've, I remember giving a talk at... Uh, uh, on marriage once and I said you know marriage is not based on feelings and uh, a lady said that's good because sometimes I feel like killing him <laughs> so, so I think we should be basing our, our, our decisions on facts wherever possible now you're based in New South Wales and in New South Wales just like the other states like Victoria and Queensland I think also Western Australia there's been moves to outlaw what's called conversion therapy uh, yeah. The New South Wales government, though, is talking about that. And uh, what's the likelihood of their uh, deliberating on this anytime soon? Well, uh, what we're told is there's likely to be a bill before uh, the lower house, because New South Wales has uh, a lower and upper house, unlike Queensland, um, uh, by the end of the year. Uh, what happens after that will depend on how any parliamentary debate goes in the Legislative uh, Assembly. And then what happens in the Legislative Council to the Upper House, which will be likely, you know, sometime next year. But I, I want to actually, before we get into the details of that, I just want to sort of address something uh, that I think people miss, you know. They talk about the, the, the narrative is that we need conversion therapy laws because uh, they're so bad and because people are being destroyed by them and all that. And I humbly submit that these laws are they're a cure for a disease that does not exist. Because we're told that... Uh, um, if you're gay uh, or, or whatever, then you'll be subjected to shock treatment or aversion therapy or those sorts of things. And that hasn't happened for 40 years in this country. You know, it was happening in the 60s and 70s uh, um, when uh, homosexuality was number one illegal in, in, in Australia and it was a mental disorder. But I humbly submit that in 2023, the country is more rainbow-affirming than ever. And when people actually come out it's actually celebrated. It's not condemned. People aren't forced to change their orientation. I mean, employers these days bend over backwards. We have, you know, pride this and pride that, and 
um, you know, um, wear it purple days and all that. And, and I've said this publicly as well, and no one's ever refuted me. I challenge people, give me evidence that people are being forced to convert because it would amount to assault and it should be refer- referred to the police. The reality is there are many people who have unwanted same-sex attraction, okay? Not every. I always say, you know, if you're gay and you're happy, you know, clap your hands, more power to you. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be forcing you to, 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 you know, not to live that lifestyle if that's what you want to embrace. But there are a lot of people who don't want these feelings of same-sex attraction, whether it's because of their, their faith or otherwise, and they want to get help for them. And these laws actually take away the rights of those people to get help. So effectively what, what these laws create is a situation where, and this is in, in, in uh, Victoria now, that if you have feelings of unwanted depression, you can get help or counselling. If you had feelings of unwanted uh, alcoholism or pornography addiction, you can get help or counselling. But any feeling of unwanted same-sex attraction or if you're a parent with a child who has unwanted gender confusion, you cannot get any counselling. Your only choice is to embrace those feelings, okay, or to suffer in silence. And I think that's fundamentally wrong. I think it goes against this, you know, a, a democratic free society where everybody should have the choice to get help for something that they don't want to that they don't want to endure. You're right because there's a lot of things that we miss, and 40 years since any of those brutal ways of shock treatment and such things have even existed in this country. But LGBT activists use that argument and that overflows, doesn't it, uh, to a point where churches and people who might pray for someone even become criminalised. That would be a big challenge for thoughts in New South Wales right now. That's right. And and, and actually, in Victoria, it is illegal to pray for somebody now with unwanted same-sex attraction. If you do that, um, and, and I'll just go through, if if you actually do that, and somebody reports you, all right, um, uh, then uh, you could, you, you're you in breach of the law. Now, whether you'll go to jail or whether you'll be fined or whether you'll be dragged before VCAT, that's a different story, but you'll be in breach of the law, all right? Um, and the, the Victorian law is the worst of them because it talks about a change or suppression practice, okay? So, in other words, telling a man that who, who's got thoughts of cheating on his wife, you shouldn't be doing that. You, technically, you're suppressing that orientation. Do, do, do you see? So... So um, it's, it's very poorly defined and, um, it, you know, you can, it can be interpreted with you know, a, a, a very broad brush. What you're saying here, Con, is that it's not just people from the LGBTQI community who are affected by this, but certainly people who are heterosexual in a, uh, even in a, what you might say is a sound marriage situation, uh, they can't even get counselling from someone who might tell them something contrary to what the law might suggest. Now, now let, let me, let me be, uh, be, be clear. I'm not making, you know, I'm not saying that definitely they could or they couldn't. What I'm saying is the way the law is defined, okay, um, and you, can, you might say this is a hypothetical, but the way the law is defined, because it's a change or suppression practice, if uh, somebody did get counselling for a behaviour that was designed to suppress their sexual orientation, uh, then that would fo- that that could technically run afoul of the law. Now, whether or not um, uh, VCAT or the Victorian uh, authorities chose to prosecute is a different question altogether. We're talking about you know what the, what 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 the law says, what it's defined as, and uh, if it if it's if it, if a, a change or suppression practice is anything around changing or suppressing someone's sexual orientation, 
then uh, it's um, uh, you know it's illegal to do so. What I might do is just to read to you the definitions, right? Uh, the, the, and this might help um, uh, clarify things. This is taken directly from the clause three in um, the Victorian Bill, and they say that uh, they affirm that a person's sexual orientation or gender identity is not broken and in need of fixing. And to affirm that no sexual orientation or gender identity constitutes a disorder, disease, illness, deficiency or shortcoming. And that uh, to affirm that change or suppression practices are deceptive and harmful both to the person subject to the change or suppression practice and to the community as a whole. So can you see that to say that no sexual orientation or gender identity is a disorder, disease, deficiency or shortcoming, churches are going to have a problem with that because the, the, the Greek word for sin is amartia, which means to miss the mark. It's a shortcoming. Okay, and if you're going to say that a certain orientation or certain behaviours are sinful, well, that's what the church is saying, but the law is saying no, they're not. The problem is what happens when um, someone wants to publicly affirm what the scripture says, and someone takes offence at that. So whenever there is confusion or unwanted same-sex attraction, if you are a parent, you can't even speak to your children. If you're a pastor in a church, you can't pray for the people. But even if you are a doctor, and even the doctors of LGBT patients, they can't even tell the truth to their own patients. Well, it depends what you mean. That's true. It depends what you mean by truth. Okay, if if they want to present the other side of the story, if they want to do what doctors should do and say, look, you know, there are people who have successfully left the gay. See, it all boils down to, and this is the problem with the, the Victorian laws. The, the Victorian laws cover behaviour with or without consent, okay? And uh, that, that's why at the beginning of the interview, I, I, I said that the key here is we're not trying to force anybody to be a certain way. We're trying to help people who, if you want to be gay and embrace your same-sex attraction, more power to you, all right? But if you're a parent who wants, and, and the child has unwanted same-sex attraction or gender confusion, which is probably the bigger issue for, for kids nowadays, and you want to get some, you, you, you want to, you know, do your research and, and have a look at all of the options available. Well, the parents should be able to explore both the affirmation model, but also um, they should be able to uh, explore the, um, the fact that, that, you know, people have actually left the lifestyle. And, and the parents can make that decision for their children, not the state. Now, Con, you were co-author of a major research report that showed 78 people actually recorded their stories who had successfully left a same-sex attraction lifestyle, an unwanted same-sex attraction lifestyle. Um, That was a significant report. Did it fall on deaf ears, or were there people who were open to understand that this happens? Well, I think there's a bit of both. Some people weren't interested in our report. Uh, Also, just to, to tell your listeners, we actually had to rush to get that report finished because if we had got it, if we'd published it after the Victorian bill came out, we would have been in the, all of the authors, each of us potentially would have been in breach of the law um, and because the Victorian bill has a publishing offence. And so you'll find $10,000 minimum if you publish the, the idea that people can change their sexual orientation. So we, 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 we have to get this study published before the, the bill came in uh, because we were actually saying that you can change, change your orientation, right? What, what we did with the, with the, with the report was we, we, we found 78 ex-LGBT people who would uh, um, give us their information. There were many, many more people. There, there are thousands of people around the world 
that have left the lifestyle. But you can understand a lot of them don't want to stick their heads above the parapet, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So these were, these were the only people that we could uh, um, uh, get to give us their, their information. Uh, they were all de-identified, but all of them represent legitimate real people. Uh, and we broke them up in terms of demographics and we looked at the effects of the therapy, how long it lasted, and the results were actually quite stunning. Well, Con, no doubt there are listeners to our conversation today who will want to support any initiatives that Free to Change is doing in the lead-up to uh, what is now uh, thought of as the end of the year, uh, when the New South Wales Parliament might well be considering legislation about conversion therapy. I'll point people to the freetochange.org website, freetochange.org. Now, for people who visit that website, no doubt there'll be some information there about any initiatives that you've got that you might like people to participate in. Uh, No doubt, uh, because it's a Christian-based organisation, Free to Change, there might be some who want to partner or pray for what's happening there. Um, What else is good about that website for people to understand? Well, we've got a lot of information there. We've got uh, people's personal testimonies there. Um, uh, we've got um, uh, footage from different uh, events we have. We also have a link to um, for people to contact their uh, local MPs in New South Wales. Uh, there's a uh, uh, multi-faith conversion therapy handout. Um, there's a lot of information that's available for people. The best thing people can do right now, anyone in New South Wales who is a um, registered voter in New South Wales, to actually contact their uh, their local MP, telling them that they vigorously oppose these laws, and that uh, you know they need to be effectively shelved. Because you know, if people want to have a look at, I, I won't go through the details of the study, but we actually found that an average drop of suicide, forty percent; average drop of anxiety, forty nine percent. A lot of people actually became exclusively heterosexual. You know, and the, the change was long lasting. Uh, more than twenty, you know, some twenty two percent of them had their change thirty years ago. And 72% had their, had their therapy 10 years ago. So when you look at 40% drop in suicide on average, okay, some, some might have been 20, some might have been 70. People, one of the things that the, the proponents of these laws are saying is, oh, we need conversion therapy bans because it'll stop young people killing themselves. Well, we've actually shown that if you ban treatment, people will kill themselves. I went back before when I said we need to base our decisions on facts, not just feelings. Uh, and not just you know what what seems like a feel good narrative. The fact that a lot of people may may want to embrace their their same sex attraction, more power to them. But the, there are people who don't. And um, I you know we we also organised meetings at Parliament House where, where a lot where a couple of brave men spoke to MPs and and talked told their stories. And at the end of the day, one of them was very clear: if he didn't have the treatment, uh, he wouldn't be married. His marriage would be ended. Uh, he may not even be living, but now he's happily married with three kids and uh, you know, he's, he's public about his story. And I humbly submit that, again, it just goes back to you know, the, the fundamental sort of aspects of a democratic society. If you've got a, if you've got a problem uh, and there are ther- there's therapy for it, you should have the right to explore that. I mean, you know, they talk about the, the, the people say that uh, these therapies have never been proven to work. Well, we, we dispute that with our study. But then there are people who's, who, who, who go to a lot of uh, uh, practitioners that mainstream medicine don't support. Iridology, homeopathy, naturopathy, all those things. We don't outlaw those. We don't stop people going to those. It's freedom of choice. But in the same way, people who have unwanted same-sex attraction should have the same freedom to go and get help for that. 
Well, there is a battle looming in New South Wales. Dr. Con Cafetaris is a medical doctor. He's a political activist and concerned parent. He's working in these areas, religious freedom, sexual ethics, and you could connect with Con via the freetochange.org website. And as he said, there's lots of resources there and no doubt access to all of that research uh, that we were talking about just a little earlier. Freetochange.org. Con, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us today on 2020. Thank you very much to everyone and thanks for everyone's time. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.